This is the Rad Mars Podcast. Ep- oh, fuck, I forgot to check what episode this is. <laughs> is it 34? I like, got 30. into it and I was like, I have zero idea. Episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. This is the Rad Mars Podcast, episode 34. I'm Andy Mindler. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. I'm Andrew Ford. And I'm Roshi. How's it going, friends? Hello. Hi. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Yeah. To another episode of the Rad Mars family. <laughs> this, is a full, this is a full group of us. First time in a few weeks. That's right. Mm. Yeah. How y'all been doing? Good. I was 3D modeling last week and I didn't want to stop. Also playing video games. <laughs> oh, that's right. You showed me. It looked really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a couple of things, actually. I'm working on a new two new areas for my uh, weirdo game. I'm working on like a, a cool cliffside ledge thing. So I'm getting my like neat water shader in order and making all these cliffs and ledges and overhangs and having a lot of fun. And I'm also working on like a Demon souls prison because uh, the new Demon Souls is out. And I'm, you know, jazzed about that. I don't have my PS5 yet, but I'm hoping to get one soon. Wait, did you order one? Not yet. Uh, oh, it's impossible. So it'll be about one. two years. <laughs> yeah, until you yeah, probably. One. I'm hoping in like you know three to six months, probably be able to get one. But yeah, it's impossible. I went to Best Buy to uh, um, throw away a TV, mm. and uh, there was like a guy like they did the the drop off like where they'll bring it to your car, and a guy just came out with like a cart just like full of ps5 <laughs> i was like i could just i could just take one yeah <laughs> no one would know. just beat him up no one would know. yeah it was it was a little guy i was yeah. like i could take him yeah be a victimless crime and then you put them all up on the internet for like a thousand dollars each you'd be you'd be rolling in dough that's right <laughs> but i know that's super fun it was uh, i don't know it's it's nice to do 3d modeling every once in a while uh i finished that crab that i showed you andy and i finished a dodo yeah. tonight Oh, you finished the dodo? Yeah. I'm going to call it finished. I actually hate it, but it's good enough for now. Uh, (laughs) There's no way. I I, kind of want to tear down all of it and then rebuild it from the ground up, but whatever. He's good enough for now. I'm I'm done with the dodo for now. His his name is a thonk, and his only attack is bonk. I'm very excited about it. (laughs) Thonk, bonk. Thonk. That's the noise he's going to make. Oh, okay. You should record yourself too. <laughs> Sample it. I can, I can mm-hmm. give you the, the the audio from that. Just use that in the game. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Still, I, I feel like that tendency to like take something that we've made and throw it out and redo it. Like that's a problem I have whenever I sort of try to approach art because mm-hmm. I always want to erase that line I just put down because that line is not perfect and it'll mm. certainly be better the next time I do it. Yeah. Just destroy it. Delete it and for all, all of eternity. Um, I'm very much like that too. Everything I've ever made is the worst thing I've ever made, and I hate it. <laughs> Perfectionism's a bitch. I'm not a perfectionist, though. Oh, it's just, it's just wild. I don't know. Okay. I don't think that's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's ever good. It, if he admitted to being a perfectionist, that would be him admitting he was imperfect. Oh yeah. Oh. Wow. Wow. Oh my god. Gotcha. Got him. I'm not sure how I feel about that reaction. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've got baffled that's, actually. So that I, seems, I can't tell if it was dripping with sarcasm or if it was a of a authentic reaction. 
I don't know either. Who can say? <laughs> never say. I don't even know where I am right now. Um, <laughs> We're generating yeah. a lot of ammo for therapy right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got lots of things to talk about. Hey, Roushi. Yeah. Before we started, before we started, you were saying something about biscuits. Did I catch that right? Yeah, I made biscuits this morning. And, and then uh, you said you were going to talk about the biscuits, but you haven't talked about biscuits yet. Oh, I don't know. Just like it seemed awkward to start the conversation with, hey, I made biscuits. Like, what the oh, fuck? How are we going to start the now. podcast like that, right? Like, I don't know. Why? There's nothing wrong with starting a podcast by saying I made biscuits. <laughs> anyway, I made them and it tasted great. So here, here's the quandary I found myself in this morning, right? So I had I had this plan last night that I was going to make, um, like I was kind of hungover this morning. So I was going to make biscuits and uh, bacon and eggs. And that, that was going to be a sick hangover breakfast, right? But I only had one fucking egg. And you can't just have Ooh. one egg. Yeah. I was like, what the hell do I do? So I'll, I'll make biscuits and gravy and have a like that one egg is a scrambled egg on top of it. So I did that, and it tasted great. Turned out to be a way better hangover breakfast than than just normal breakfast. I don't know. I thought you were going to start with uh, biscuits and gravy, but you made your way there. Well, the the the, the sausages were frozen, so I didn't want to, you know, defrost them in the microwave and then cook them that way because it never turns out as good as if you just let them thaw overnight. But huh. we may do. It tasted good. Have you ever tried to decay sausages that were thawed in the microwave? Like, cause I when don't you own a microwave, well, I don't know. Well, Decase, like yeah. removing the like outside layer of them. Yeah, because if you're making sausage gravy, you don't want like cased sausage. You want like the little bits, mm-hmm. you know. So like, I don't know. It's just I've really... always just taken a knife to the sausage. Yeah, you just take a knife to the sausage and you pull it off. Up. But like, if you defrost it in the microwave, they're like kind of cooked. You know, they don't like they don't turn into just like a, a sausage you take out of the out of the refrigerator. It's like. Half of it's cooked and half of it's kind of raw still. So like the the consistency of it is not great, and like the 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 like casing kind of sticks to the meat a little bit, and it's just really gross and annoying to take apart. <laughs> this conversation is really gross now. Yeah, it's totally, the, yeah. <laughs> hey man, tell, tell us more about the gravy. Where did the gravy come from? Oh, um, have you never never made sausage gravy? It's really easy. No. So this whole thing is from a Kenji Lopez Alt recipe. Um, check it out on his YouTube channel. It's really easy to make. Um. Sausage gravy is just like, it's basically just a roux you make with sausage bits. So like if you think about a roux as a fat and flour mixed together and then you add some sort of base to it like cream or milk, all you do is instead of butter for the base of your roux, it's the sausage fat from the gravy or from the sausage bits that you're cooking on the griddle. So what you do is you do sausage bits in your skillet and then you put the flour that you would add in for your roux on top of that and mix it around so it mixes with the sausage fat and then you pour your cream or milk in on top of that. Salt, pepper, that's it? That's whatever. That's it. Um, oh, okay. That's way easier than I thought. Yeah, that's how you make no, white was, gravy. It's super easy. Oh. I was expecting you to have to have like a forbidden white chocolate bar of like <laughs> right gravy, gravy mm. concentrate. No, but that's it. That's all there is to that white gravy, and it's super easy. Um, Do you just like have cream sitting around? Yeah. Because I well, I had cream because I was going to make the biscuits too. So you, the, ah. the um the easy biscuit recipe that he has is called cream biscuits. So you don't have to do butter, buttermilk and, and butter and melted butter. Um, it's basically just flour, salt, baking powder and heavy cream. And it makes oh, a really okay. easy biscuit. It's equal portions cream and flour. And you put like a teaspoon of baking powder in there. And it, it makes oh. an amazing biscuit that takes like 15 minutes to bake. And if you do oven baked bacon, which I do because I have been converted to the supreme ultimate way of cooking bacon now. Um, the biscuits and the bacon cook in the same amount of time. So you, you can make oh, an wow. awesome little breakfast in like under 30 minutes. And it's awesome. Shit. I don't know. Hot tips. Hot tips. Hot tips. Hot tips. 400 Served degrees up. for 18 minutes. Make your bacon. 
<laughs> Served up by Chef Mike. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we could get Zach on here and talk about chef, chef oh, chefing. Yeah, <laughs> Christ, we need to get Zach on here. And... <laughs> yeah, right. Our buddy Zach, who's a chef, has had a wild, uh, I don't know, life story. <laughs> I was gonna say life uh, <laughs> existence. Mm-hmm. So I do not know this Zach person. He's currently a cool dude chef in out in the mountains in California. Yeah, somewhere. in Tahoe. Um, hmm. He's in Tahoe. He's only a few, like an hour or two hours away from me. Yeah, I was gonna go see him when I went up to Tahoe in March, but it was like they hadn't had any snow all season. And then when I went up there, like all of their seat, like the entire amount of snow that they normally have in a season dropped in like one night (laughs) (laughs) and it locked everything down and all the roads closed. So it was like, uh, sorry, friend. (laughs) Also like when we got it, like we, we went to Tahoe, we came back on a Sunday night that Monday was when everything locked down and like the country went into like lockdown. I remember you talking about that on the podcast way back when that was like the night you barely made it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrifying <laughs> driving like super windy, narrow, like roads that were like crazy icy. And yeah, it was a time. Sounds great. And Zach was like, yeah, it hasn't snowed all this season. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the problem with the early averages of things, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's all constantly over the, you know, equally spaced out over the entire year. Maybe it's all at once, overnight. Boom. They need to do the yearly mode or median. Median? Median I don't know. I never took a statistics class. (laughs) The last time I took a math class was like... Sophomore year of high school? Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, I stopped taking math as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Like... I think it maybe was it, was, very... it was either sophomore or junior year that I got my requirement out of the way. And then I yeah. didn't take another math class ever. And, you know, obviously now I'm a professional programmer and that would have been really helpful to know calculus and matrices and all these other things. <laughs> yeah, except that if you took that math in high school, you would not know that shit because they don't teach you anything worthwhile in high school. That's fair. And the way they teach is hot garbage <laughs> where you don't know how to apply it in real life. Mm. You could probably go do some Khan Academy or something and learn some of that math if you really wanted to. That's true. You won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a challenge, sir. Yeah. Reverse psychology. Yeah. Do it, you, you won't. won't. Shit. No, I have to. <laughs> you told me I wouldn't. We'll get you like a Christmas present of like can't what is like a what are those like children like educational programs? We'll get you one of those. Hooked on phonics. <laughs> That's for like learning to read. I'm gonna buy you a copy of Math Blasters. Mm-hmm. There we go. The best learning game ever, yeah. as we discussed in uh-huh. episode <laughs> not good. Like three. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay got Lincoln a uh well, what is it? ukulele hey for christmas cool uh because he we watch frozen so so much and you know <laughs> uh christoph plays the guitar and so like during i think like uh what is it lost in the woods he'll like grab his like master sword and start playing it like a guitar <laughs> And so we'll see what happens when he has a real guitar. It nice. should be a musical nightmare. Yeah, it'll it'll probably be <laughs> awful to hear it, but you know, hey, you gotta foster it somehow. 
Um, yep. I really liked learning music as a kid. I hated the trumpet and I was forced to do it because my brother had a trumpet and stopped playing music. So there was a trumpet that I needed to use. But you know, I think that has been brought up on the podcast. <laughs> has it really? Times. Oh my god, <laughs> this this is a deep seated anger inside Mike. <laughs> well, I just think I just had really bad band teachers too. Like we had this one gross. Band I don't teacher. think anyone is like into playing trumpet. Kids, yeah, get into music. Get play them. Get get them lessons. Teach Mike. him. Teach him to be a uh, Steven Universe. He could play a little guitar. Ukulele, which is like a great instrument to start on, right? Isn't it like really easy? It's like uh, it's like isn't it like tuned to open chords and everything so there's like i believe so yeah and there's only four strings so um yeah i don't know too much about the uke but um i've actually been considering getting one but then i would have four guitars which is too many so you should get a ukulele learn how to play it and then you can have zoom meetings with my son and teach him how to play ukulele (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) picture picture him shaking his head no that's what just happened (laughs) Mike can start his second career as a, a child yeah. <laughs> teacher. I'll teach you music. Um, my sister-in-law probably could. Uh, she's a music teacher. She's a violin teacher, but she also um, plays a bunch of instruments too. So, yeah. um, Or she would just be like, just, just do what I do, you little shit. Why yeah. aren't you doing it right? Why don't you do it <laughs> fucking right? With you? I would hit you if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to ask you to hit yourself now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be like the teacher in Whiplash. You know, I'll go up to him and slap him. Be like, are you crying like a nine-year-old girl? <laughs> Were you yeah. rushing or dragging? Were you yeah. rushing or were you dragging? Anyway, <laughs> Whiplash is a totally dope movie, and it's really emotional and scary, but you should watch it. Side note. <laughs> should I watch it with Lincoln? Yeah, probably not yet. <laughs> Maybe in 10 years. <laughs> After he's been emotionally scarred. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I identify with this main character because Roshi, the monster, <laughs> taught me ukulele you, badly. You your fucking idiot friend teach me guitar. So what is this podcast about? Yeah, I don't know. We have something we're going to talk about. I was wondering about that. We never actually decided who was going to own this topic. I nominate. Why don't... Not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, we were talking earlier about, uh, Hearthstone specifically, uh, because it's a very successful game that has been based on a sort of free-to-play model with, of course, additional monetization on top of that. And it's a sort of an interesting game to look at in terms of how it makes money. Um, it's been enormously, uh, financially successful, as I understand it, also for having a relatively small dev team. But it's sort of like a good sort of like launch pad for talking about the entire sort of free-to-play video game industry in general and some of the sort of like aspects of it that may not be immediately obvious to people and, you know, sort of the good sides and the sort of darker sides to it. Anyway, I think that people are probably familiar with the entire idea of the free-to-play game. Um, Most uh, phones, games and the like are that. Um, and the idea is, yeah, you get the game for free originally, but there's some sort of limitation on it that you can unlock or you can advance faster or you can get cosmetic things by spending money. There's probably as many different like alternative ways to try to monetize on a game as there are ideas or, well, it's, there's just a huge variety in terms of how people approach it. And some of them, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of, um, so 
are some of them you are a big fan of? Some of them I think are okay. Like I actually played Hearthstone for, yeah, I, I think it's probably reasonable to just get started with Hearthstone, but I've actually played a fair bit of Hearthstone. Um, I've gotten to Legend um, in Ranked. Um, I've gotten a 12-victory streak in, uh, what was it? Arena in mode. Arena yeah. mode, yeah. I haven't played it enough recently to consider myself good at it in its current form, and I haven't really played it much since the recent changes to monetization. And I've spent, like, over the course of the entire time I've played that game, I don't know, on the order of, like, $100 on it. And that's a good amount for a video game. I mean, how long have you, how many hours have you dumped into it? A fair bit. Like, if you go by, like, per hour value, like, sure, it's a good value. Um, But I always feel like that's never a great way of actually measuring, like, an experience, particularly with a video game entertainment, because, you know, there's lots of games you can play over and over and over again. Um, you know, like I played, I sunk a ton of hours into Enter the Gungeon and I got that for free on, you know, one yeah. of those sort of like Epic Store's giveaways. So, you know, entertainment coefficient there, infinite. Yeah, um, it's really good. I usually right. go by a $1 per hour ratio, but even mm-hmm. that's not really anything I hold myself to because some of my most favorite games are like $60 games that are like 12 hours long. And I'm like, great. I love it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's really yep. hard to measure the worth of the experience. Yeah. See, I go in a ratio where I'm like, like I'm totally fine with like sixty dollar value, like or like, uh, what is it? Uh, Gone Home. You know, like what did I pay pay for that? Like twenty dollars, thirty bucks or something. Yeah. And then like it was only like a two hour, two experience. hour, three hour. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm totally cool with that, but like if I pay like, uh, you know. Thirty dollars for a game, sixty dollars or whatever. Yeah, if I pay thirty dollars in, but I like put like a hundred hours into it, then I'm actually more like I kind of feel bad and want to like buy like some extra bonus to like pay because I feel like mm. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got me who like yeah. I challenge myself sometimes to to just fucking play only the free version and get as far in the free version of it as possible and never pay any money. Mm. And just use it as my constraint. I I don't do that as much as I used to, but I have done that before. Yeah. I have a policy where I'm like, if I play a free game, like a mobile game or something, and I enjoy it, like, um, like if I put like at least five, six hours into something, I'll at least buy something like a dollar or a $2 thing just to throw money to the devs. Cause I'm like, I like your product. Like you deserve some money. Like mm. I want to support you. Um, like it doesn't matter who it is unless it's like some like huge like like a fucking like nintendo or something like one of the super mario things or whatever like i'm like i don't care nintendo you're not getting my money you get yeah. you get my weekly service for my nintendo network and i buy all your games and whatever and also like <laughs> you've sold me like the very original nes legend of zelda like eight times like you're <laughs> fucking fine like i've donated enough money to you or how about their most recent shit where they like Here's all these awesome re-releases of games, but they're limited time, so you gotta buy them right now. Oh, I like, you piece of shit. love that. <laughs> You're like, I will buy it, but I'm gonna be angry about it. <laughs> I'm not gonna like it, you pieces of garbage. But here's my credit Your card. Your games numbers. are great. Uh, Your polish is so yeah. good. Sorry, we're off the topic. <laughs> yes, but to, to steer us are we? Yeah. I, so, I know. I, I, talking about the psychology of like why we decide to pay money, I think is really important. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And the sort of limited time offer uh, for those things is definitely like a contributor to you buying it right then and there, I'd imagine, right? 
Yeah. Because very often whenever there's something like that, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't really want to play it right now. So I'm going to wait a couple of years until it's on sale and buy it for a tenth of what it's currently, you know, being asked for. Yeah. Yeah. See, like Hearthstone, I don't have like, I don't have that interest of like, oh, I played a bunch of this. I'm going to throw some money away. I, I, I pseudo quit the game and didn't pay for a couple expansions. Uh, I did recently come back and pay for the last expansion because I thought I was going in a good place again, but then they disappointed us like immediately afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're doing a thing where they re- released a new expansion and an expansion is supposed to be like a full set of cards, right? And you you like, it's like a specific designed booster pack and you buy the booster packs and you open up as many as you can. Just like a, just like Magic the Gathering or something, but it's digital. And they usually like release some content to go with it too, like some interesting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. content that you can get and they have like all this other cool stuff Ad- that goes Adventures and stuff. So, um, but but this time around, they are deciding that like halfway through the expansion or several a couple months in, they're going to release new cards in the same set. So, like huh. you're going to have to buy new booster packs of the most recent expansion to get the new cards, but they're going to be mixed in with the old cards, and it's kind of shitty. That is strange. <laughs> yeah. I've not actually heard about that. I would say that one thing that mitigates that being as shitty as it could be is that they did recently within the last year add something so that a duplicate protection um, for the yeah, packs. Yeah, across all levels of rarity, which is actually crazy. That's actually pretty generous, to be honest. Right. So yeah, no, that's true. So like, so they, if you got all the cards pre- previously, you just start opening up packs and you'll start getting the new commons and the new rares pretty right. quickly. Right, yeah, but that's assuming that you spent $200 to get enough booster packs to get every single card. You know, like, that's dumb. That's, exactly. That's still, like, evil. But, like... You know, that's just the way these monetization strategies like swing though, right? Like there's there's kind of like a sliding scale on how evil you want it to be. Like in, there's even like ads included in this too, because like it's all about like specifically in the mobile sector, it's all about like um, how much money you spend for how much users you get per how long that they stick around in your game, right? So like you know on a mobile game you'll have like a a user will be in the game for like you know a week or two weeks or something like that will be like pretty dang good um unless you're like i don't know fucking candy crush or something but they don't make those sets because i spend a million dollars in advertising but like it's it's nutty how much effort and work goes into thinking about how much money you spend advertising to get new people in and this is like facebook advertising um and stuff like that. Primarily Facebook, usually, for these mobile games, right? Or podcast advertising. Podcast advertising! Hey! <laughs> hey but, Hey, um, if you want to advertise with us, we're totally cool with that. Yeah, give me that money. <laughs> we love your free-to-play games. Yeah, we'll, we'll like, squeeze your balls and everything. It'll be great. Unless you don't want we'll us to. We'll rate it on, its, on a scale of evil <laughs> evil to not-so-evil monetization. Right. Evil to not-so-evil. All right. So, like, I, I, I we're going to get into the weeds here a little bit, but... Um, so, like, let's say you have a, a kind of, like, what I would consider to be a really good monetization strategy with something like Path of Exile, which is, like, free-to-play game, which I fucking love. Surprise! Hey, of course you Roushy love loves Path, Path, Path of Exile. Exile. But, like, their their microtransaction stuff is, like, almost no... It's almost... None of it is gameplay-related. Like, it's pretty much all cosmetic nonsense to, you know, have a little golden lion that follows you around. Great. Okay. Sure. I'll give you five bucks for that or whatever. But... Like the other side of that is like, I don't know, something like Candy Crush, where they specifically engineer every part of that game to like give you this weird endorphin curve at a certain point 
like the game becomes actually physically impossible to beat and then they like start locking you out to like make you pay money and it's like a nightmare um yeah pay 99 cents for the the lollipop bopper and it like bops a thing on the screen and solves a problem for you yeah it's it's like actually awful because they're like behind the scenes have algorithms tweaking the difficulty of the game and they know exactly how many moves you have and all these other things going on it sucks <laughs> right and, yeah. the, and, the, and the levels are designed in such a way that like uh you are you were the most often case is that you would lose by like a move or two yeah. just to incentivize you to pay that 99 cents for the candy you're like oh i could have gotten it yeah and if oh, only right. I had the star shooter. Yeah. And then you do it. And in that moment of weakness, you'll spend 99 cents. And what they're expecting is that most people will say, fuck it, I'll uninstall the game. But like shitty grandmas will pay $2 over and over and over again, you know. And yeah. they're what's the industry term for that is whales, where they're trying yes. to like. Actually, I don't think those are whales. Whales are like people who drop like thousands of dollars. Right. Well, they'll they'll pay a lot. They'll keep paying a lot, a lot, a lot, you know. The the average yeah. human being will be like, no, I'm done, whatever. But like the so the, yeah, go ahead. You, the thing that rankles me about it, right, is um, what it's doing rankles. is taking advantage. Yeah, that's yeah, a word. Right? Rankles. Grinds my gears. It rankles my cankles. It's, it's just like it's a real word. It's a funny word to me. Yeah. It twists it my balls. Yeah. This is the thing that twists my balls. That's about so this masculine. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the most masculine <laughs> Radmars <laughs> member. Um. Uh, it, I just lost my train of thought completely. Uh, what rankles no, your no. balls? <laughs> he's the most masculine, most beefy man yeah. here. Beef he's, a, he's a woodsman. Yeah, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So ripped. Let me go. Let me go change into my flannel shirt. It's all muscles. <laughs> okay, you can um, talk about monetization strategies and what rankles your balls about. What, what one thing that one thing that's happening there is that it's taking advantage of. Like that whole industry is taking advantage of people. Like you, you, you mentioned them as shitty grandmas. I think is that the word you used? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they're, they're shitty, shitty grandmas, grandmas, but they're shitty grandmas. How, they're they are they are lovely, lovely people. Yeah, and they lovely are grandmas. Very, they have very few like mental defenses against the like attacks that are being made yeah. upon them. It's predatory. Is is what it is. They're weak to psychic damage. It's it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have many mental deficiencies. Uh Well, like it's like the first game they ever played. They don't have games literacy and they don't understand that that's like not a normal, okay thing. Yeah. You know? So one thing that's crazy to me is that like uh, my, my wife's mom, she, every single morning she gets up and eats her breakfast and for like an hour or two, we'll play this match three game. She's done this every day for at, at this point years now. And I asked her, like, I was sitting there one day, uh, we were eating breakfast, and I was like, do you consider yourself a gamer? She's like, I don't play games. And she's sitting there <laughs> playing a video game. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you think you're doing on that iPad right now? She's like, oh, I'm just playing with a friend. I'm like, you play, you racked up more hours playing that game than I've probably played, like, in the past two months. Like your your steady like two to three hours every morning is more than I play. I'm like you're more of a gamer than I am, <laughs> and it like she just like didn't. She was it was like it, her brain exploded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an identity. Like that, that word is attached to an identity. Yeah. Or that well, identity she's not, she doesn't have a gaming chair and she's not drinking G Fuel. So like yeah, you I know. know. Well, how much? What what would you do though if you found out that she was secretly like? 
you know, legendary Eagle Master in Counter Strike, and it's like clicking nerds' heads left and right. Her specifically, yeah. like I would just put my head in a microwave. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to go back and talk a little bit more about this sort of whale phenomenon. Um, first off, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the terminology um, because it's actually really important in terms of free to play like economies. So. As mentioned before, whales are, like most players, fall into one of two categories, whales or minnows. And whales are the people who basically spend huge amounts of money on the game, and there's very few of them. And there's minnows which might spend like a dollar or two or, you know, just basically be free to play. So what would a whale spend then? Like $100? Like $1,000. It depends on the game. (laughs) It depends on the game. It depends on circumstances. But like, look at something like, oh God, what is that game that's been in like early access or whatnot where you can buy virtual spaceships for thousands of dollars no uh, star citizen Citizen. star citizen yeah Mm -hmm. like there a whale could be spending tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars like that is the first time i've heard of hundreds of thousands that's yeah uh, Yeah, it's a very long running i think they've sold like you know it's called pipe dream the video game right look at this cool ship i I bought literally a scam they need to make up a new a new word mm-hmm. right. like what's what's beyond a whale yeah. like yeah. a a lord Cthulhu. whale mm-hmm. space whale <laughs> space, space whale, whale. <laughs> international whale master that's appropriate the important thing to understand about this though is that like the vast majority of the revenue that this uh, company makes or a lot of these companies make are from these whales and which is a very very small portion of the player base mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day if their goal is to maximize revenue which more often than not it is they need to design the game in such a way that sort of optimizes the experience for the whales and, you know, maximizes the chance for them to give money. Yeah. This is like, you know, like games like gotcha games where like you'll get a whole bunch of characters and like you'll use the characters to level up other characters. Like in that context, you want people to buy a whole bunch of stuff to like juice up their guys and basically pay to win in like the most literal sense where like Mm -hmm. you're paying to have all of the best stuff. And like the 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 type of personality that would be a whale is kind of like a little column A of like always wanting to win, a little column B of like being able to and paying to be the best at this kind of thing, you know. Um, like has the means yeah. and or or lacks the mm-hmm. discipline to not spend Weirwithal. everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean another thing about the sort of like whale, you know, sort of mentality, I guess, a bit, as we were talking about before, is very often there are people that, you know, maybe they have a gambling addiction, you know, yeah. like they sort of like just spending a lot of money, um, potentially irresponsibly. Also, they could be people who are sort of, you know, like a little bit sort of like, um, you know, they could be, you know, older people who are, you know, mentally struggling a little bit or also children who don't have any sense of, you know, money and mm-hmm. have their parents' credit card assigned to the account. And then they're like, charge, 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 charge. Or a 20-year-old who has no sense of money. Yeah. Shitty grandmas and shitty kids. Like yeah. uh, a friend saying? of mine whose son racked up like $300 in Fortnite skins, you know? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Parental controls, people. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. So that's actually I mean, the thing that, that brings me... like. I, I don't think I believe in any uh I don't think there's any ethical basis to allow someone to spend that much money on a game. I, I I don't think that these games should have unlimited ceilings for how much money a person can put into the game. You know what I mean? Like after a certain point you should just get everything for free. I mean, yeah, otherwise otherwise all you're doing is really like taking advantage of this very very small minority people who have for some reason unlimited money to 
like just right. piss away. So from an ethical perspective, I agree with you. But from a business perspective, what you're talking about is their business model, which is kind of taking advantage of those tiny people, like, you know, portions of players. And I agree, it's right. unethical as hell, but it's how they make money. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we get into capitalism versus ethics. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't even consider that like capitalism. It's just yeah. it's yeah. just predatory. Yeah. It's right. like capitalism is predatory. It has to do with the relationship between labor and the owner ownership of capital. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh a single a single evil person who owns their own, like it, could still do this, right? Mm-hmm. They could still take advantage of of Without, without capitalism being involved at all, because they could just be making it themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's also one other sort of interesting phenomenon of the sort of whales versus minnows thing that I wanted to talk White about. whales. Holy grail. <laughs> ah. Ooh. So From hell's heart, I spit at thee. Some of these games, like I think Candy Crush is just entirely you versus the computer or whatnot, but a number of these games are sort of player versus player based. Mm-hmm. And in those circumstances, when you have an economy or like when you're game makes money based on the whales you still have an incentive to keep these free players around if only so that they can be crushed by the people by the whales who are spending tremendous amounts of money mm-hmm. basically you want to make and sure that's why they're called minnows yeah sort of um so like in a sense i think that this is why a lot of games provide some sort of you know incentive to play the game on a regular basis um some sort of like you know quest rewards in gold like in uh Hearthstone, you get some sort of financial, well, in-game reward for playing the game and completing quests and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, even if you never pay a single dollar to Hearthstone, like, you know, to Blizzard, Activision, you're still providing uh, value to the company by providing competition for the people who are actually investing money in it. Yeah. So just because you're not spending money on it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, providing value to the company. And for what it's worth, like Hearthstone is technically free to play, but you can't actually really play at a competitive level without putting money into the system or at least a lot of time to be able to get packs to get the sort of meta decks that will actually allow you to be competitive. In so many of these games, you can replace paying money for a intense grind. Mm-hmm. And a grind is, of course, any kind of like repetitive, just doing the same thing over and over, get a very small amount of rewards over a long period of time. So the one thing I was going to say, though, is the way I got into Hearthstone actually was as a free-to-play player, but I was only getting into it using a mode called Arena, where you don't actually build a collection and sort of, you know, assemble decks. You basically just sort of like draft cards at the very beginning of it. You play a series of games with those cards, and then you lose them at the end. Like, you don't hold on to them. So there's actually no sort of like persistent um, advancement in the game. Like I, I was building a collection in terms of, yeah, I would get decks or like packs as rewards and whatnot, but it was a way that I could play the game that had no, like that my existing collection was irrelevant. It was only sort of like how good I was in that mode of the game. And that I found very interesting. Mm. It was actually, wasn't until many years later that I actually got into Constructed. It's worth mentioning, too, that the arena mode that he's talking about, um, you have to spend in-game currency to get into that. You can spend real money to get into that, but it is possible to just play your couple of arena matches, and if you win enough, you can go forever, or, you know, if there's daily quests, it'll give you some gold to get into there. So, like, there's there's all of these subtle hooks to, like, get people to monetize, um, but you don't have to. It's a lot of psychology. Like it's always like, 
I'm too lazy to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I'll just pay some money. And that's exactly they what they're trying to break do. the person. They're, yeah. they're, it's designed that way. You're like, oh, okay, well, I don't have time. I for could this. spend an hour grinding this out, or I could spend ninety nine cents. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's my coffee. I don't have to buy a coffee now. I can buy whatever. You know, that's exactly what they're going for. You know, that's that's the whole design of it, which like is so evil. I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> it sucks. It's like it can be. Sometimes it's evil. Sometimes it feels like okay. I don't know. It's, there's like a thin, thin like a mm-hmm. right. There's a thin line because uh, for the most part, Hearthstone feels okay to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like for instance, it does a pretty good job like sorting players and like with like uh, ranking systems and stuff. So like, if you have a shitty collection or you're a shitty player and you lose a lot, right, you you go up against people that also lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like there's some there's some nice sorting things there, and like it does give you a pretty pretty healthy way to free to play the game um from expansion to expansion and they, they do a lot of stuff too like they'll have like weekly fun stuff that they stick out there where you're like here's a yeah. weird game mode that you could play against people and everyone has the same dumb deck or like a weird co-op boss fight i don't know they do a good job yeah. of like spreading it out and making you feel okay about it but like there's there's so much stuff out there that is like there's no even attempt to mask how evil it is i'm talking about like the myriad of like shitty gotcha games on mobile like gotcha games are a really mm-hmm. good example yeah. yeah i don't know what a gotcha game is to be honest like a, I so don't know. remember do you know what a gotcha pawn machine is it's, it's like where a, you like put in 25 cents and you get a little like plastic ball that you open up and it's full of it's my shenmue capsule toy hell yeah nice would you like to play a game of so, lucky hit <laughs> it's a shenmue joke for you kids yeah that's that's really relevant mm-hmm. good job <laughs> How how many decades is that old is that game? I don't know, at least like a decade, fifteen years maybe. Yeah, several. Twenty years. Two decades. It's got to be at least twenty oh years. God. Yeah, <laughs> at Ish. least a decade. Nope, uh-huh. twenty. <laughs> yeah, so. twenty decades. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I think it's like fifteen. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, so so the thing with the gotcha game is that, or gotcha pawn machine is that, uh, every machine is like an individual machine, and often like in places like Japan or Korea, uh, you'll have like a room full of these, but each one is like a specific, you know, set of characters. But and you. You know exactly which characters are inside the machine, but you don't know which one you're going to get. And you don't know what you're going to get until you put the quarter in the slot, turn the thing, get the bubble, open it up. And, oh, my God, I got the one I wanted. Or, oh, God, I didn't get the one I want. And, like, if there's one that you really want and there's only, like, maybe, like, a one out of six or eight or ten to get that one, you might be motivated to put a lot of quarters or a lot of 100 yen coins into that machine and get the thing you want. And... it's like a yeah it's like a it's like a really it's an interesting business model it makes like for collectibles and trading i guess but right it also it's also starting to like uh exploit that little psychological tick of like the unknown gambling it's it's gambling right and it's like that that reward you get for opening the thing and then like getting what you wanted and then like yeah i'm sure you get flooded with endorphins or winnie the pooh inside this is a rare one i got the one i got out there's one out of a hundred that's the one it's also a good sort of um there's a, a probability uh sort of uh god what am i looking fallacy for? yeah so it no there's a yeah there's a term for this the coupon collector's fallacy, problem right? well no the gambler's oh. fallacy is different but so okay. the problem i'm talking about is let's say that you're in front of that machine and that machine has 10 of these collectibles and you want to get a complete set and so um basically the sort of problem in statistics is of this is referred to as the coupon collector's problem which is how many of those items do you think you're going to have to purchase in order to get a full collection of 10? 
And the thing is, like, people naively would sort of like say, oh, there's 10 of them, and I'm going to, you know, and I want a full set. So if I buy 10, I should, you know, on the average, get around 10. That is not right. Not nearly right. Um, and I forget the- Who thinks that way? <laughs> An idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, superficially <laughs> on its face, it seems to make sense. But the thing is, like, it gets harder and harder as you get a more complete collection to get the one that you're missing. Um, and it becomes harder in a less than intuitive way. And I really wish I had in front of me the exact like mathematical model. Um, and it's not that terribly complicated, um, but I'm terrible at, you know, remembering. But yeah, things. it's like, right. The first, the first time you do it, you get a hundred percent chance of getting something you don't have. Let's mm -hmm. say it's out of 10. Yep. The next time you roll, you, it's a 90% chance to get something you didn't have. Still yep. pretty good. And let's say you get it and now you have an 80% chance. Yep. There's a point where they're well, on, the, on the other side of that spe spectrum. You only get a 10%. Like if you've got nine out of 10, you only have a 10% chance of getting the one you want, the last one right. you want. So, so you like have you have to get 10 of them times. in theory. Mm. And then on average, you'll get one of them, yeah. but not guaranteed. Or if you just multiply one over 10, 10 times, that's not, you know, it's a lot. It's a very small number. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but basically, all I'm trying to say, though, is that like this is something that your average person is not going to sort of, you know, understand the mathematics behind. And also, even if they did understand the mathematics behind, it's one thing to rationally think about like, oh, how many times I'm going to put the quarter in the slot and turn the court, you know, turn the lever versus like, you know, actually doing it. Yeah, it's our intuitive, our intuitive sense of it is really off compared right. to the actual mathematics. Yeah. So like, obviously, this is talking about like a toy that you get on a machine that's like funny, put it whatever, but like. Now apply that to a game design system where like you have different tiers of characters and they have different rarities in the little loot box when you open it up. And now you're starting to get all these different like abilities and sets of guys. And there's a meta that goes along with this other thing that's designed and like, oh, in order to win this specific game, I need to have these this cast of characters to be able to fight in my little setup auto chess battle. And uh, if you have all the bad ones, you can win against the baddies, but you can't win against all the people who are like top tier. And yeah, like these games, these games don't do just like there's 10 possible characters. There'll be like dozens of possible characters, but then each of those characters, you could get like a, like a star rating, right? Usually it's like one, one to five stars. And of course, the five star version of the character is the most epicest, awesomest one and super, super rare. And that's where it starts to get really like crazy where you could put an unlimited amount of money to try to get like the five star characters that you want. And mm -hmm. that's where it starts to feel like really abusive. Yeah. I mean, and al alternatively, there's also like uh, Counter-Strike Go. I think that's the most recent one. Yep. Like basically they, it's a completely free to play game. The only thing that, you know, you can get for money are these skins uh, mm -hmm. for your weapons. And I think they sort of like drop randomly in game or something, but like, well, it's even worse than that. So, okay. The box, the loot box drops randomly in the game, but you can't open that unless you spend money to open the box. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, this is also a very common like, model. You play the game and then you have a loot box that has skins in it. So you can open it up and be like, Oh, this will have one of these guns in it. And then Oh, and I can see the I can see the gross evil psychology there yep. because if you have something sitting there that you know you have but you cannot access, yep. that is more alluring to want to spend money on there. And you got a reward because you finished the game and like you don't always get one. You get one pretty rarely. Ew. So they're like, oh shit, I got a box this time. Well, sometimes they'll give you a gun skin, but they'll only give you like the crappiest, the lowest tier ones that are like scuffed up and yeah. gross looking. So like, yeah, they they really get you. They're like, 
And it's even worse, too, because God. there's a marketplace mm -hmm. where you can trade these guns back and forth to people for real money. So, like, personally, I, I, I've been playing Counter-Strike for years, and, like, I've technically put a bunch of money into it, but I also sold a bunch of these skins to other people, so I broke even. But, like, it's so scummy. <laughs> like, some of these things sell for hundreds of dollars. Like, there's, like, a custom ultra-rare knife skin that'll sell for, like, 600 bucks or whatever. Um, there's the aftermarket, like stuff is really crazy like mm -hmm. people on steam make so much money like off of that shit yeah. like i don't even know like the, yeah. it's nutty it, it's interesting because it's entirely cosmetic but people will spend huge amounts of money on it um mm -hmm. so it's like on the one hand they're not giving you any in-game advantage which is one of the things that really sort of turns me off and is part of the reason why i'm sort of feeling icky about the direction hearthstone's going in right now we can talk more about that later but on the other hand, it is definitely sort of like exploiting the sort of like psychological vulnerability of people in order to try to draw them into spending more and more money on it. Mm -hmm. And also that sort of like, you know, loot box and key thing. I've seen that in a lot of other sort of free to play games as well. It seems yeah. very common. I believe it started in Team Fortress 2. They were like the first kind of person to do that First person, first game to do that. <laughs> like they, there was a hat thing in Team Fortress 2, which was the, yeah. the, it was the same system. Um, where you get a box and you have to pay money to open the mm -hmm. box and then you get a hat to stick in your guy, which is like, I mean, I would, I would argue it goes back further. I think it goes back to like collectible card games. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Right. You buy the collectible card game pack mm -hmm. and you open it up and that's a loot box and some of them are super rare and powerful and the magic, the, the gathering, that Pokemon, of, Digimon, the rush of brain drugs yeah. that floods your brain when that happens is uh very addictive. Mm -hmm. If you have some time, you should look into the hat Baron, uh, He's like a guy involved in like all these like like sleazy like Steam monetization shit like making money off of like the hat system in Team Fortress Two. Wow! And like how like this guy was making like thousands and thousands of dollars off of that like weird system. And there was like one thing where like for a while like he was making tons of money off of like earbuds or something. And it was like it was like this weird I I didn't know like how these things were like all connected in some weird like bizarre economic like system that was purely like existed on steam mm -hmm. it it's crazy well the like, best part about that is that gaming gets a percent of every single one of them transactions so yeah. they're making right they're making money <laughs> and they've only yeah. got like five dabs on counter-strike what the fuck update your goddamn game anyway I love Counter-Strike. Because the call of cosmetic thing, I mean, that's it's it's actually interesting because it has so much parallel with like non-gaming stuff, right? So what what are the reasons the cosmetic items are like attractive to the players? It's because it gives you like social status among a community of people that you like. It's just it's this it's like the same as like diamonds or something, mm -hmm. right? They're expensive and rare and they're not useful for any reason. They're just there to look nice and impress other people. Side note because it irks me, diamonds are not rare. There, yeah. There's just yeah, a global monopoly on them by the De Beers yeah, company. Yeah. So. Well, it's allegedly rare, whatever. Blood diamonds. But I, you hit I, the I'm, idea. I'm aware of this. Yeah. It was just an example, guys. Cool, cool, cool your jets. Did you know? Hey, hey, man. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and your diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, insert insert sapphires, gold, whatever the fuck. Yeah, gold press Latin. I don't think that's really, it's purely like, a, uh, like to impress other people. Like uh, the, the cosmetics and like Destiny and stuff that I've bought, like it's purely because like I want my character, like it's more of like a personalization type thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, I want to look dope. Like I want a cool thing. Nobody else like really ever sees me. It's mainly like that when I see it, I want it to look cool. Mm -hmm. um, but 
yes, it's got to be a combo of are, both, then, right? I mean, there yeah. are definitely people who are like, I need to look like a bedazzled lion. <laughs> Although I do yeah. find it interesting, sort of like the direction that people take with character customization. Like, either they sort of like you know try to make them look as awesome as possible, or they go for the total fucking clown suit approach. Mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of the clown suit approach. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes the clown suit is just an unfortunate artifact of the fact that you're going for stat and stats and not like appearance or something mm-hmm. they don't have like a weird transmog system or something oh god yet, the classic yeah. MMO oh, yeah. dilemma you're like i got orange pants and bright red shoulders Ooh. but damn it gives me plus 10 i mean strength. that's me and destiny right now <laughs> like i'm looking like a hobo with like mismatched everything because i'm yep. like i'm the most powerful i can be and you have a legendary <laughs> chess piece so you're like midriff is on fire and like everything else looks so dumb you're like what's going on and also exposed for some <laughs> yeah, reason you're like, you have like busted like rusty arms <laughs> and then like leather pants they're like yeah. what the fuck trash can are you yeah <laughs> I'm a space pirate. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with the World of Warcraft transmog system trying to make the ugliest orc possible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of my character. Yeah. My Final Fantasy for the longest time was a big muscle man in a leopard print banana hammock and a big chocobo head. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds legit. People are taking it serious. They're taking their screenshots and I'm like, you know, flexing out. I can't wait for Destiny to get their transmog system so I can finally not look like a trash pile yeah oh man i uh i wanted to talk about one other game that i thought had a really i've always i've respected its its free-to-play model at least in the beginning i actually don't know if it's changed too much since i played this is it assassin's creed where on launch they offered a double xp thing no what no they had the level boost. Assassin's Creed games are a premium assassin's creed odyssey where they you pay 60 dollars for the game and then you can have a booster to level boost yeah. your guy to the appropriate level so you don't have to play the game. 1099. Yep. That's dumb. <laughs> no, Fuck you guys. I was going to talk about League of Legends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, League of Legends, the shitty company full of yeah. players that abuse all of their female employees. Okay, we can we can get we can get into gender <laughs> stuff talk about Riot. Another, another day. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're talking about the monetization model. I just hate Riot as a company. Um, so uh League of Legends without you don't we don't have to talk about like the mechanics of the game but basically it's a game with like 200 characters or 150 characters by this point um and you know each character is very specific has a very specific like look and personality and like ability set and you play them you, you choose your character at the beginning of the game and then you fight other people whatever um and all the characters are essentially locked like you have to unlock those characters uh in this game's model and so one way to unlock the characters is just pay money and each individual character costs some amount of like paid currency uh, you can also grind, right? You can also just play a lot of games and, um, you know, slowly earn the currency that you need to buy those characters. So those are like two ways that you can unlock them. Um, one cool thing, though, is that some characters are super mega cheap and they're very easy to grind for, um, like some of the oldest, oldest characters. And it's not like they're even bad characters. Lots of the oldest characters that are that are cheap to buy are actually very good characters to play. Uh, for instance, Ash is a, like, icy archer person she's she's one of the cheapest models uh like cheapest versions of a character and like one of the one of the at least for a new player one of the best options for her role which is like you know long range damage shooter the one thing though the the, the big thing that really got me about league of legends is like model was that there every week there is a rotating cast of random free characters so they'll just take like six of the characters and they could be any of them uh expensive or cheap or whatever and they're just like open and free to play for that week 
and that rotates every week. So even if you don't really own any characters, you always have those ones to play as, and it allows you to try out the characters because they rotate. So you get someone new to play every time too. So there's always content and there's always a little bit of something for you to do, even if you don't own a lot of characters. And I always thought that was a really nice model. And I thought, I always thought that there should be like more of that. Like, I think that's a good way to do it. Um, you know, the other thing of course, is that they do all the custom like, skins that you can buy with real life money too. So I thought League did a pretty good job. I know they did some other dumb stuff more recently where it's a lot more loot boxy and a lot more like assembling crap, but I actually don't understand that system very much because I haven't been playing since they, they did that. Mm. I don't know. What do you guys think of I, that model? I think definitely originally they um, had a really, they were in a really good place. Personally, having played that game quite a bit uh, years and years ago, I think um, they they definitely overtuned it in terms of how much you had to grind to unlock a character um it's a lot it's yeah. a lot <laughs> but uh in in theory it, it's a good system and in practice it worked really well and they made a whole bunch of money um so like that that kind of free-to-play system is i think a great model um but it can slide into shitty territory where they're you know obviously they're trying too hard to get people to monetize and and stuff like that so i don't know I mean, I think, you know, I think that slide always happens if you basically use a single metric. You know, anytime you use a single metric to optimize a system, it's going to get crazy. And so the single metric, of course, is dollars, incoming dollars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so if you're only measuring by incoming dollars, you're going to inevitably start pissing people off and doing bad things for like goodwill you know for, of your players i did like the league of uh, legends model of sort of having some free characters that rotate around um and i th i've seen that i think in some other games but i think it's a very good you know sort of way to sort of monetize and not be terrible but there were other parts of how league of legends monetized that i didn't particularly care for like there's that entire sort of level up system where there was like a skill tree, both like for your globally and there were also runes or something that you unlocked and yeah. slotted in. You had, to, mm -hmm. you had to use the same currency that you were grinding for to unlock all that shit. Too. Yeah. Right. And They've gotten rid of that, by the way. Oh, oh they did? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, mm -hmm. then I take away my yeah. main pieces here and I'm glad to hear that they <laughs> oh, got sorry. rid of it because it was terrible. Well, it was it was doubly bad because like you'd have to have different sets to be optimal with all the different characters and you'd have to like level up your tree and it would take forever and then, like, all the different rune enchants you'd have to have, like, even per role would be different. It's, it's like, specifically mm -hmm. different for every character. So, like, now when you're buying a new character, you have to have all this other stuff that you're dumping all your money into. Um, and the other thing is that it's sort of like this, like, you know, reverse um, sort of uh, handicap where it's the players who have played the most have the stronger characters. And so if you're sort of matchmaking with friends or something and you've played a little and they've played a lot on top of you being a worse player overall, your character is gimped because you don't have all of these things that they do as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, I, I really like the idea. I, I do like the idea of just like a, a free-to-play model that essentially gives some gives the free players something that is viable, right? And, and, uh, and roughly equal to what everyone else has access to. But if you pay money, you just get access to more options that mm -hmm. are equally viable. Like, I think that would be like a model to aspire to. You know, that feels fair. That feels like, okay, well, the developers did put a lot of work into making all this content. Here is some of that content for free to get you to understand the game and get into it. And if you want more of that, you can pay for, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, other other options that are, yeah, like, as good as the ones you have access to now. Right. I mean, it makes perfect sense in a, in a game like that, too, because it's a competitive online multiplayer arena, whatever mode of the fuck stands for. But, like, 
the entire business model of that game is focused on having a whole bunch of people who are playing constantly, so you're always playing against human beings. So you need to like design your game to have a shitload of people playing constantly at all hours of the day, which is why they have such those huge grind numbers or whatever. Like, but it, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's it's so interesting to like think about all of the nuts and bolts of why these decisions are being made. Because it, when it comes down to it, I'm sure there's just some shitty CEO that wants tons of money, but there is at least a game design reason for a lot of that. You know, you need to have players and you need to whatever. Like specifically Hearthstone, you can't really have a bot that you're playing against. You probably could, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as engaging. Um, but on the other hand, like if you're talking about the mobile game sphere, like 50% of the time you probably are playing against a bot, <laughs> you know, like just a, a, an actual server bot, whatever, because people aren't on their phones playing these games or you're 12 hours a day. fighting the puzzle, yeah. right? like, the, like the Candy Crush level. In, in a lot of PvP games, sometimes you'll be playing a bot, sometimes, but depending on how big they are, but like, you know, question mark. Some of these games need a lot of people playing all the time for their matchmaking to work and for MMRs to work and stuff like that. Um, so you need to have, free-to-play is a great way to do that because you have all these people constantly grinding and playing the game a lot um, in order to fill up the servers and have enough matchmaking potential. I don't know. It's another wrinkle to it. It's less evil, yeah. but like just like a necessary layer to have in there, you know? Wait, sorry. Are you, are you arguing that essentially that like having free-to-play characters, people, is a way to increase the game's audience? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, that's great. It also goes back to the thing um, we were talking about earlier where if you want the whales to spend lots of money, it helps to have, you know, lots of free players for them to, you know, act as Yeah, it feeds right into that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not to mention it's just that it helps get, I mean, the more people playing, essentially more people will then like recommend the game to their friends and play together. And, you know, I, I always love trying to figure out like, what's the, what's the business model that gives you like this sort of like, uh, uh, you know, everyone wins, you know, mm -hmm. like, right. Like the players are happy they win and the, the developers are happy because they're making a living off of the game that they presumably love to make. Mm -hmm. The evil CEO is happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the evil CEO is happy and doesn't fire everybody. Yay. <laughs> and that's that's why we all have to arrive at the golden model of episodic gaming, the way of the future. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 2010 <laughs> called. <that> out. <laughs> They're asking if episodic gaming ever worked out. And it's a resounding no. <laughs> but you know. Is that a reference like telltale shit? Like Yeah. Doesn't like, work. Like so many games tried episodic. Yeah, Half Life, a bunch of games Telltale, tried Starcraft Two, Starcraft Two. Oh my god, what a disaster! Wings of Liberty was amazing. <laughs> we'll always have Wings. Yeah, Wings was good. <laughs> Imagine for Wings, yeah. Mike pouring one out for the ten-year-old, ten-year-old Starcraft. Mike? Is yeah. it Four Loco? Yeah, it's Four Loco. It's um, Wegman's Lime Seltzer Water. Plug for Wegman's. <laughs> four Loco. Danny Wegman, our local. <laughs> CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be careful about the specific slander. Oh, on record. Team Red Mars. <laughs> no. Bleep it out. We have, we, Roushi hasn't gone on a long yeah, bleeper. We'll have a now. bleeper on that one. Whoops. <laughs> Our local bleeper. Hot takes. <laughs> wow. Our local, and then to overdub, loved overloaded Danny Wegman. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh do you guys want to take a break? Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Yeah.
Alright, welcome back. How would you guys like to do... Hey, check this out. <laughs> is that Thomas the train engine? He's here. Yeah, he's here. What does he have to recommend? Two, is that the legally distinct like bargain basement version of Thomas the tank engine? Yeah. <laughs> Randolph the train. The electric train. <laughs> Randolph? Randolph. <laughs> Don't know. He's sort of a wizard. <laughs> but he works at armies. <laughs> <laughs> and yet Where's still a train from? <laughs> that's bikes check this out yeah check this out this is imaginary wizard in my head check out my fever <laughs> dream thomas the tank engine knockoff uh-huh. check out whatever the hell roushy's drinking to make him think of these terrible things <laughs> new belgium voodoo ranger ipa there it is for loco that's not my checking this out that that's just what check it check it out check it out talking about pasta which is a food group my check this out this week is tasting history it's a youtube channel and it's awesome this guy will cook food from historical sources using the actual historical recipes and every episode has a segment in the middle where he actually talks about the historical background for every dish that he makes He's very entertaining, and it's a wicked cool channel. Check it out. Tasting History on YouTube. Nice. I am blown away by the fact that you just both came up with your Check This Out, because we know you didn't have one, <laughs> and transitioned <laughs> that weird thing you just did into a Check This Out. <laughs> right off the top of your brain pan. Master of improvisation. Yeah. I am a wizard named Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has mastered podcasting. Check this out. I think he has. He's, he's podcasting on another level. Mm-hmm. Next episode is going to be a solo rousing joint, I think. Yeah. It'll be the free churro episode. Yeah. Bojack Horseman reference. Oh, fuck. So I am... Is that from the last season? Or it's from the second last season. Second last season? Maybe yeah. I'm two seasons behind. Oh, my God. It's just... Um, it's a, it's a it's an episode that is an, an entirely a single monologue. It's amazing. Oh, my God. That they mm. pulled that off. Anyways... I'll do my check this out. Um, we've been watching a show on Netflix called Alien Worlds, and it's like a it's like a documentary series, um, but it's like fake documentaries about like life on other planets, but like the animal life on those planets. So they'll take like a planet, um, like an exoplanet, uh, that might have like so, like some something different from Earth, like extra gravity or um, even like extra light and like extra energy. And like, kind of imagine an, an ecosystem and a set of organisms, uh, like that might evolve on that in that in those sorts of conditions. Uh, and the cool thing is, is that they go back and forth between the sort of theoretical alien stuff, which is like you know CGI, but then they'll go, then they'll cut back into like real life Earth examples of like the inspiration of that idea. Like here, here's how we know that if this were like that, it might happen this way because it happens this way on Earth. You know, these are like for instance like extremophiles, which are like. You know organisms that live in extremely harsh environments and how they adapt to those extremely harsh environments. So let's take that idea and extrapolate that out into this alien world and 
and these aliens do something similar in this way. It's a, it's a short series too. It's like only four episodes, um, and each one's like just pretty cool and pretty fun to look at. And I, I just like the theoreticalness of it, you know, imagining. Yeah, I've seen uh, some of the videos of like the CG stuff, and it reminds me of. Have you ever seen the Disney like short animated thing that they did? Um, it's like a hand animation thing. It was like in the eighties or like something like that. No, um, where it's like martian life and it's like all these like imagine like crazy bizarre alien life forms and how they interact and like it's super bizarre and nothing like i've ever seen like disney do and it's super dope as well shit i want to see both those things yep so my thing was called alien worlds where do you watch that is that on netflix Netflix. or something or Mm -hmm. cool i think it's netflix only it's like exclusive netflix I'll go. Uh, my check this out is The Mandalorian season two. Go watch it. Go go watch it really quick. Like in like finish finish it because the season finale has some stuff that oh. you don't want spoiled. Ooh, okay, yeah, we're a couple spoiler alert behind. How many episodes yeah, yeah. after the uh, Ahsoka episode? Is it just two episodes There's, left? There might be three. Three. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot to watch. Yeah. After the uh, suka, I would say, I would suka say, the suka <laughs> episode. It, huh? What? Get, get, get on it. It's because... Russian for bitch fuck. Oh, Sika. Sika. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, you don't want it ruined because, yeah, I all don't right, say right. anything, but I, I know the internet is just like holding its asshole like tight. Like it's like trying to shit this turd out and <laughs> it is coming. And so. <laughs> It's going to be all over everything soon. Oh, I guess I should watch this show. <laughs> Thank you for that metaphor. Yes. <laughs> Brennan just was like, it just was just reeling from that. <laughs> the metaphor is face was just a torn I, I, I was taking a drink of water. I had to not do a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can go next. Um, Although my hey, check this out is going to be of a more theoretical nature. Um, so just to throw back to the um, free-to-play thing, um, there was a free-to-play game I played a while back called Tribes Ascend. Um, I think it's made by Hi-Rez Studio, something like that. Did um, they make the first Tribes game? They did not. Um, oh. That was a different company. And I played to death Tribes and Tribes 2, loved those games, uh, which is they part of the great. reason I ended up playing this game. Um, and this felt similar to those. Um, it was definitely a little bit different, a little bit more, uh, structured and restricted, um, but in a, you know, sort of more modern way. As a side note, I did actually play, I think the original tribes, like, um, for some sort of like 20th anniversary event, like a year or two ago. And it felt terrible to play it again. Like nostalgia for some of these games is a really powerful force because you forget how terrible some of the systems from these games were back then. I mean, how um, old was is Tribes like? Mega it's, old. It, it's literally like, like a two decades old, more than that. I, at this I, it point. might be, yeah. Like, because I remember that, like Tribes One being old, probably like in the early two thousands. So, yeah, December like, twenty three, nineteen ninety eight. It's Tribes One. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> That's uh, games have come a long way. <laughs> They have, they have, but it was such a fun game and sort of pretty revolutionary at the time since of just for 
referenced, it was a sort of, you know, squad-based shooter, um, you know, two teams against each other, like, you know, maybe 10 v 10, something on those lines. Yeah. But everyone would sort of, you know, go around using jetpacks um, and vehicles. And it was all about sort of like, you know, skiing along the landscape by sort of, you know, jetpacking into things and then sort of, you know, bouncing off of it and like in air duels and stuff and like stuff. that. Yeah. yeah, it felt way more three-dimensional than any other shooters because you could fly, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was great, um, but it turns out there were some things that were less great in it, like, you know, you go into your enemy base and then blow up their generator and all of their turrets and all their things and whatnot, and then the poor losing team can no longer get out of their wimpy ass, you know, like baby armor with baby guns, and they just die over and over and over again. So, Until you know, match is over. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so anyway, Tribes Ascend was sort of like, you know, a kind of updated version of this that was fun, and... Originally, I felt like went with the sort of model we were talking about before where it's like, yeah, you had different classes and you could unlock those classes for currency. And I played it during that era and enjoyed it. Later on, though, um, they apparently added a bunch of pay to win weapons where it's like, yeah, it's like the base weapon, but better. And you have to spend money on it. Um, mm, but I would stopped playing at that point. And then later on, beyond that, they're like, okay, yeah, no, we're just going to unlock all the weapons for everybody in the game at this point because we've moved on and now we're making money in another game afterward, like Paladins or something like that. Isn't Paladins smite. gone now? They make Smite. Oh, smite. smite. Yeah, there we go. So anyway, um, I, I doubt there's probably enough people playing it for it to be an active player base, but I did enjoy it when I played it. And I guess okay. Tribes in general is worth checking out, um, although maybe not playing based on my previous description but it's a fond memory <laughs> check this out this memory that i have of a game that <laughs> no longer exists and Look is also terrible videos. if you've never played it before perhaps let's plays from our year 1998 <laughs> i bet tribes 2 I... I bet tribes 2 aged better than tribes 1 that's probably maybe. true although a it released in 2001 so but i can't uh, not, uh, not by much I think there's probably like more games nowadays that do like uh, movement, like three dimensional movement and stuff, like much better. And so, mm -hmm. like, you don't really need to go back and like experience it. Like, there are probably games doing similar things that, like, you're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, my hey, check this out is more of a hey, there's this game I remembered that was a callback to a previous topic we discussed that you probably shouldn't check out. But hey, let me talk about it anyway. So hey, academically, check this out. it's probably worth looking at. Yeah, you, know? you look it up on YouTube, and you're like, wow, this game looks like balls, but maybe it was fun. I don't know. Spin <laughs> maybe discs. it was fun. It was. It was. It was very fun at the time. Shazbot. All right, I'm gonna. I'm going to do another <laughs> another semi-ironic academic check this out <laughs> of another relevant free-to-play game of uh, Roush is going to maybe laugh at this one, of Fantasy Star Online 2. Yeah! Uh, the sequel to Fantasy Star Online, which is a very early kind of MMO, but not really. I guess kind of a Diablo clone. The original game was for Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some other games. There's like a mobile or a, like a handheld, like a Vita game and a PSP game. There's Fantasy Star Universe. There's a now, PS2 game, yeah, Vita, uh, Universe. Yeah, and then like um, Universe was dope as shit. Yeah, Universe is pretty good though. Also, that was like 2008. So, <laughs> yeah, how could you check there. those games out now? Just like videos of them? Yeah, you can't yeah, play them. The servers are all down. Universe is not playable. You can. There are private servers for the original game, so you can play the original game, which is which is That's pretty not sick. surprising. So, like on an emulator? Uh, no, they're PC. 
There's a PC port of. Oh, like game. a like a official. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, Fantasy Star Online two, <laughs> hilariously enough, came out in Japan in 2012 and just got a release in the West this year. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. So is that on? That's on PC now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's on it's on PC and Xbox. I think it just came. It was re- originally like only on the Windows Store or whatever, but now it's on yeah. Steam. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. So. Well, the Windows Store one was like hilariously broken, and you couldn't actually install it on most machines. But yeah, the Steam one actually here. works. Uh, okay. Maybe so. I'll check it out because I've been meaning I wanted to play that. Yeah. But... If you want an anime waifu simulator that allows you to edit the size, shape, and angle and position of the boobs, that's the game for you. <laughs> it's yep. so ridiculous. I thought gotcha I... games were anime wife simulators. Yeah, it, that is what that game is. It's it's ridiculous, but no, it's it's fun. It's fun, like a a, a weird, incomprehensible nightmare. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's something I kind of wanted to mention, but like it's just funny as like an example of like a free to play game just gone mad because <laughs> they've just added so many mechanics into it. Presumably to just keep people playing. There's mm-hmm. like. Uh, uh, oh god i don't know yeah the character customization stuff is like completely wild you can buy all these stupid cosmetic stuff but also pay for like four different kinds of currency and they added like a like gathering mechanic like monster hunter and there's like all this super weird shit i don't know the game is so complicated like like, every time you go into the menu like every menu has like a tutorial has like a three-page tutorial about like what the menu does and there's like 15 menus imagine (laughs) a game that's been going for eight years that they've just constantly been adding shit to and that's the release version that they put in the U.S. <laughs> so, like, you sign into the game and nothing and makes like, sense. <laughs> it's like there's like literally 15 minutes of clicking through every single menu tutorial. It's insane. It's insane. Wow. But gross. you get in the game and you're like walking around, and you're bopping monsters. But, you know, it's not like PSO at all. It's something else. It, now. It's, it's in there. It's in there. There's it's a little there. nugget of that in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, my God, the sound design is like a nostalgic dream. I love it. Yeah. It's but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so from what you're describing, it sounds like this is like the reason why we need forest fires, because without them, the underbrush just sort of accumulates indefinitely. Yeah, exactly that. This video game is in, is in dire need of a forest fire. I but mean, it's, it's supposedly like there's what, some like remit, revamp update coming soon, right? Yeah. I was Fantasy say, Star Online 3? No, it's not 2. Quite, but then they're like doing something where they're like, it's not, it's kind of a standalone game, but it's also not, right? It's very, it's very confusing. There's some kind of five. It sounds like they're not even quite sure from the article <laughs> that I read. They're like, it's coming. It's new. Yeah. There's, I think you can kind of have the same character where there's like, you share some progression, but like not everything oh. is compatible when you play like one versus the other one. It's very strange. I think it's just like, it's just like a ploy to like try to keep people that were like on the original game to like keep playing and not have to be like, oh, I don't want to fucking start over. Yeah, I don't like want a new game. I don't like new things. I've invested two thousand million dollars in this game. <laughs> it's not dollars; it's a uh, Masita, but also EX cubes and then AC, and also fun is another currency. Fun? <laughs> yeah, fun yep, is a currency. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how fucking ridiculous that was until I saw the game designer in me just died so badly. <laughs> yeah. I need to buy fun. Well, you know, it's, it's probably like like a really bad lost in translation thing too, where like. Like it's probably in yeah, the Japanese like version, like Kimochi. the currency is called fun. Like the English word fun, just because it sounds it's, cool. it is all in capital. It'd be like, you know, having some French word somewhere, you know. Oh, is that or it's like an sneak. acronym. 
Yeah. It's just so like, yeah. fantastic unit like networks. It's yeah. so fucking dystopian. I can't handle it. <laughs> like, am I going to pay real money for fun? Mm-hmm. That's what you do now. <laughs> I just Google it and there's a great sentence in one of these you know, Google previews. It's like, in Fantasy Star Online 2, you can earn fun points, a type of currency that rewards you for playing the game and interacting with others. And I think part of me just died just saying that sentence out loud. <laughs> you can you can earn fun. You can experience it by playing You don't have game. fun. No. You get you it. Earn I, fun. I feel so bad for the copywriter that's just sitting there like... <laughs> <laughs> God, fucking damn, what is my life? Right. Have fun by Great. earning fun. Okay, okay. Well, we've all had fun here today, so much. But you can find me on Twitter at a minler. Wait, that's just it. Dot gov. <laughs> I was gonna say at dot com, and I'm like, nope, that's not how that works. It's just at a minler. A Do you own a minler.com? Maybe I'll snipe that. <laughs> All right, well, while Rashi's sniping that, uh, you yeah. can find me on Twitter. I'm at thebrendo. You can XXX. <laughs> Not for long. You, get that one you can too. find me on Twitter at Heckbringer with no superfluous extensions afterward. Thank you very much. You can find me on Twitter at Radhesian, which has an extra R at the beginning relative to all my other names, which is very confusing and stupid. And then also adhesion.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash adhesion. I don't know if anybody can actually type that stuff in because it's very confusing and bad, but there you go. Yeah, sounds great. Hey, you can get in contact with all of us at Team Redmars on Twitter, Redmars to itch.io and redmars.com. Maybe someday we'll have a podcast website. They tell me to do it, but I'm never going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This podcast was edited by Andy Midler, and music is by Andrew Ford. No. Actually, I think this episode is being edited by Andrew Ford. Mm-hmm. This right? episode? It'll be fixed. Yeah. Do you want me to so, start, something will start that over? <laughs> no, this episode will be it. edited by your mama. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> you, oh. could, you could just bleep out the edited by thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. You should put my yo mama voice bit in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> I tried my best. I failed. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure this bit's going to come out to be really funny after. Yeah, it's it. so funny. We're he's so just funny. Sitting there and he's like, and cut, and cut. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. It's gone. The episode is 30 seconds long. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Let's end this. Thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you guys for being here. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Randolph. He's coming for us. Oh, God. He's got me by the throat. You made, you made Trevor poof into his microphone. It was great. <laughs>